Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks Hi. for having me. Yeah. Andy, I remember our conversation at um, Rose World about mm-hmm. Brighton Ruby. How is it going? Uh, Brighton Ruby is going well. Uh, you know, it's my normally my only conference organizing exercise of the year. Um, but it's sort of, I've done it enough that it's sort of ticking along nicely. Um, I just made my life more complicated by getting involved with Ufuk. <laughs> yeah, I, I roped him to to the co-chairing with me for RailsConf this year. Cool. Well, before we start the show, I wanted to ask you guys to introduce yourselves. So first we start with Andy and then we'll uh, move on to Ufuk. So Andy, for our listeners who don't know who Andy Kroll is, who is Andy Kroll? Who is Andy Kroll? It's a question I ask myself very much. Um, in this context, I've been uh, using Rails since 2007. Um, I'm CTO of a small uh, software team at CoverageBook in Brighton in the UK. Um, and I've been running the Brighton Ruby conference for 10 years. Um, I write a newsletter on my blog. Um, and I've most recently been invited by Ufuk to co-chair RailsConf Detroit in, as we record, about three months time. So... We're on that right now. <laughs> Ufuk. Uh, hi, my name is Ufuk Kayseri Leolo. Um, I'm the engineering manager of the Ruby infrastructure team at Shopify. Uh, my team works on Ruby implementations and making Ruby implementations better and faster. I work remotely from the mostly sunny island of Cyprus, even though it's overcast today. Um, at the end of last year, I joined the board of Ruby Central and um, found myself in the co-chair seat of RailsConf 2024. And uh, like Andy said, I roped him into doing the co-chairing with me. Um, actually, this is, I think this is a first where there is a co-chair for a RubyConf or a RailsConf that is someone who's not on the board of Ruby Central. Um, Andy is you know, one of many firsts of Andy. Uh, <laughs> they just got some random off the internet to help so that's that's my role i don't think so don't think. <laughs> um and i've been i've been a rubyist since i think 2012 2011 so like a little bit more than a decade good to have you guys on the show but uh i have a few questions for specifically for ufuk and for andy as well but i've heard about wheelsconf coming up this year which month is it in it's in May, May, May 7th to 9th. May, so we have a few, a couple of months um, up until then. Um, Andy, can you tell me what the mission of RailsConf is and how you're involved? Um, it's kind of a celebration of, um, of, of Rails. Um, it's, it's a long-running conference. It's been going for, I think, about 20 years at this point. Um, it's been various sizes. I think in the, sort of, in the late noughties, it was pretty massive. I think O'Reilly had a couple of years of running it. And it was a big, like thousands and thousands of people. Um, for the past decade, you know, COVID aside, it's been around a thousand people um, showing up. Uh, normally three days, lots of t- lots of talks, multi-track, um, lots of hallway track as well. Uh, events around the conference, uh, lots of sponsors. Um, it's it's a place. Um, it, it kind of feels like part of the firmament for me. Um, it was some, certainly something I have attended as a speaker and as just as an attendee in, in previous years, RubyConf and RailsConf. Um, and I just think this year we're doing it slightly differently. 
um, uh, based on feedback from the community. Um, uh, Detroit's a really interesting city. Um, my only experience of Detroit was uh, the films Robocop and uh, 8 Mile. Uh, it's different from both of those films in real life, having been there a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's just going to be a really, really great venue and a really great event um, based on the changes we're making, as well as the things that have been good about it for a long time. Ufuk, yes. Ruby Central takes care of, from what I know, they take care of um, RailsConf, RubyConf, and they take care of other projects like um, Ruby Gems. Correct me if I am wrong. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Let me. The way the way I see Ruby Central and the main reason why I I wanted to join the board is actually um, for all the open source work that Ruby Central is doing and taking care of. So a lot of the Ruby commons that we depend on daily are actually either developed or run or maintained by Ruby Central. Paid for, key, yes. key thing. Paid for by Ruby Central. Exactly. So rubygems.org, like every time you do a gem install, it comes from rubygems.org, the, the web service. That's run, paid for through sponsors and donations as well. But it's mainly maintained and um, kept up through Ruby Central and their teams. Um, and also the, the client, the RubyGems client, and the bundler. So all the security, maintenance, the new development, feature development, et cetera, and all those systems are actually the core, um, the biggest core value that I think Ruby Central brings to the community. The conferences are a celebration of all the work that goes on inside the Ruby and Rails communities. Um, so RubyConf and RailsConf have been the main conferences that Ruby Central has been organizing. Um, and historically, those conferences uh, were well attended and they were making um, good enough money to be profitable uh, so that the profits from those conferences could be used to fund the open source work that Ruby Central was using. That kind of changed since the pandemic. The pandemic was a big hit, obviously, because, you know, we couldn't have conferences and a lot of the contracts had to either be postponed or canceled or whatever. It was quite messy for the organization from what I understand. But yeah, like I would word what you said a little bit differently because I think the biggest value that Ruby Central brings to our Ruby and Rails communities is that shared common infrastructure. So the way I would, I would say is Ruby Central um, maintains and supports the Ruby commons that we all depend on. And part of that commons is yearly get-togethers where we get to you know, uh, see each other and talk to each other and share our stories. And one thing I've noticed about Ruby Central is from time to time, they change um, board members or co-chairs of events. Tell me how it works. Is this sort of like a tenure of office or something like that that you work with that after a specific period, you need to swap and change people? Right. So uh, historically, there hasn't been. Um, and I'm, by the way, I just joined at the end of last year, so I'm still getting the hang of things. But... Um, from what I understand, historically, there was no like term limits or minimum or maximum term limits. So you could you know, continue serving on the board for like tens of years or whatever. Uh, but now we're trying to um, change that uh, and uh, you know, put in place some like minimum term limits, maximum term limits, so that there is a healthy rotation 
uh, off the board and into the board as necessary, um, so that it's it it you know it's not the same people that are always on the board that are always doing the same things. As far as the conferences are concerned, um, I don't know how historically it's been working, but it was mostly people who are on the board um, who were interested and able to do conference organization who would be volunteering or being voluntold to, to, to co-chair conferences. Um, and when I joined the board, I was asked if I would be interested in um, co-chairing um, this year's conference. And then my co-chair had to drop for, you know, um, personal reasons. Uh, and then I reached out to Andy saying, would you like to be my co-chair? Because I don't think I can do this huge thing alone. And then I said, no, I wouldn't, but I will anyway. <laughs> um, Andy sounds to me like a perfect person to host, um, to co-chair RailsConf. So I think you made a very good, good choice there. <laughs> pe pe people say this. No regrets. Um, I mean, I, I think, I think the end, no regrets, push forward. Um, I think the key thing to sort of think about Ruby Central is that it very much is, it's sort of an organization emerging from its awkward teenage phase, I think. You know, lots of these things, including like Ruby Gems and um, Bundler, they were all individual people's projects or groups, small groups of people's projects, um, including like RailsConf and RubyConf back, you know, historically. Like it, the events are sort of a, 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 the whole thing's almost like a beautiful accident of our community, right? Like it's, it's always been people volunteering their time and their effort and their will. Um, to make these things happen for the good of all of us. Um, so I think that's kind of the idea that there was a plan is very much not the truth. Knowing uh, previous folks who've been on the board, you know, well, well back, like uh, my friend Sarah May or Evan Phoenix or folks like that, like all of these things were accidents that we, whoever was there at the time did their best job at doing. And therefore this is just a continuation of that. Like it's, it's, it, if we've gone right, you know, I'm just going to get involved in this. Um, and it, it's all for the good of us, you know. Every, every like, like if we say, every time you bundle install, you hit Ruby Central's budgets effectively. Um, so, like that, and that's you know one of the key things for the conference this year is is making sure that we do a good financial job as well as putting together a really good um, event for the people who attend. Andy, I think you've been to several Rails comms in the past years, right? How many have you seen so far? Uh, Four Rails comps, three or four Ruby comps, something like that. Um, you are pretty familiar with how the Rails conf and then the Rails uh, Ruby conferences are organized. As a as a consumer, yes. Uh, as an organizer, less so. Um, it's you know it's a very different scale to a Brighton Ruby, which is you know one man's uh, ego out of control. Um, uh, and an inability to delegate. Whereas, of course, you know, at a, a RailsConf, um, you know, there's there's more folks involved. There's folks inside Ruby Central. There's a board to speak to. There's um, there's some administrative help from within the Ruby Central organization staff, um, and we've got a really capable events team uh, now who are going to really help us with the the operational stuff, so it doesn't fall so much on a venue that you know could be less good than another venue from a previous year or you know that we've got people in between who understand putting together a, you know a large-scale event like this so there's, there's there's plenty of other people involved it's just i'm the noisy british face of of 
of trying to sell this thing to everybody because you know i i think they're great events and like you know i've written an incredibly self-serving article recently about why you should go to conferences as a developer um and i think and i think it's i just think it's a really good way of increasing your personal career luck surface area like you really you benefit from the relationships both at the time because it's nice to see people who understand what you do but it's also the longer term career benefits of going to events like this of all different shapes and sizes are are in my case huge yeah we'll we'll get back to the bit about the reasons why we should um attend conferences uh, but um getting back to railsconf in particular itself what's railsconf going to look like this year and how is it going to be different from the ones we've had in the previous years um before i get on to that i want to um add an extra point about ruby central conferences and the tooling so one historical coincidence is actually the first lines of code for ruby gems was written during a rubyconf event so the ruby community like we all take it for granted that ruby gems is there we all take it for granted that bundlers there but there was a time when neither of those tools existed and people just like shared code in in order to you know share their libraries or something they would email it to yeah, each other it would email. there wasn't there, there was no zip, github either so zip files right um so um historically rubyconf events weren't just about talks but people would get together and actually write code um so one of the things we wanted to do i was on the program committee for rubyconf um 2023 that happened in san diego in november and one of the different things we did there was to intentionally create a time for people to come together and hack on things to re some somehow recreate that kind of magical thing that happened at that historical rubyconf that um, triggered the creation of ruby gems um then we want to recreate that for railsconf as well this year so one of the things we're doing is a community day which is workshops and hack day and that's going to be day 2 it will be right in the middle of the conference. So on the first day, we'll have an opening keynote, talks, talks, talks. Um, on the second day, we'll have an opportunity to either hands-on learn from others um, during workshops or join other people and contribute to their projects or if people have ideas for new projects that they could be creating collaboratively to work with them to work on that. Uh, it will be a full day of hacking and workshops, basically. And on the second day, there will be more talks and a closing keynote, and we'll part our ways. Um, so that's that's the general schedule and theme for RailsConf, and that's going to be one of the main things that's going to be different. Right. And uh, when you when you mention Hack Day, is there like a particular theme for these Hack Days, or you've not thought about those yet? What what will they be around? We're trying to be loose with how we approach the hack day, because if we try to set too many constraints, then we might kill the creativity. But what we'll try to do um, is to get a lot of the uh, big open source Rails-related project maintainers there, um, opening their projects to people who might want to, to contribute. Um, and that includes uh, hopefully some of the Rails core members as well who might be helping people get onboarded to Rails projects or to even sit down and triage issues on the Rails repo, right? It doesn't have to be through code. For example, at RubyConf, one of the uh, projects that happened 
was run by Gemma. And she was like, oh, the best thing I can do with people for this day is to just sit down and triage issues on the Ruby bug tracker. And that was hugely helpful, right? Like just helping the maintainers in that way was also helpful. So it, that could even be a thing. Again, we're trying to not be opinionated about that and allow people to bring what they have in mind. And we're also open to people just getting together and saying, we want to build this and this is something new. Um, and, and just do that. And that's why it's also on the second day because then you can talk about those things on the first day and then yeah, come together and start building something on the second yeah. day. Find, find, find some inspiration on the first day maybe as well. You yeah. know, or you, you do a workshop in the morning of the second day and you're just like, do you know what, I'm going to put that into my app from work. I'm going to spike it this afternoon because I've got time and space to do that. You know, often, often people come as a team to, to a RailsConf. Like, you know, you'll get two, three, four, five members of a, of a team coming along. And, you know, you could all sit around and go, well, you try doing that thing that we learned in the workshop. You try and do that thing they talked about in the keynote yesterday. Let's explore. Like, let's get let's get out of the day to day of like hammering through features and hammering through bugs, and let's explore a little bit. Let's get get our heads up and do something creative. Ufuk, oh, are the talks going to be single track? No, um, we're we're still doing talk selection, but our aim right now is to have three tracks uh, of talks. Um, so two days of talks, three tracks and possibly five to six talks every day. Or, uh, yeah, something around that yeah. line, yeah. Something along that line. Andy, you were at Rails World. I know for a fact you were there because I saw you there. I took a picture with you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Polaroid picture here Yes, on, on a wall somewhere in my other room. And um, uh, being at Rails World, it was the first time the Rails Foundation had its conference. You know, and you saw how Rails World was. I'm, 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 I'm sure you were quite impressed with, with the organization. <laughs> Tell me how different is, or how different will Rails, um, RailsConf be from Rails World? Um, I think I was, I, I mean, I know Amanda a little bit. I got to know her as she sort of landed in our community and offered my help um, with whatever I could do to help make Rails World a success which it was, and it was a really great event. Um, it was, it's probably the, it was the, it's certainly the shiniest uh, Ruby or Rails event I've ever been to, but you know, the, the budget was, was high and Amanda's background is in sort of more corporate style events, which means that the production values are really high and uh, she's an expert in doing that sort of stuff. Um, I think there was some great stuff about it being in Europe. It was the first sort of Rails event in Europe. Um, obviously, Yuruko has been going for years. And again, Yuruko is more similar to a, a Ruby Central event in the past. Um, I think this year we're going to try and do a bit more Rails Weldy kind of vibe. Um, in that, this is certainly having, we've got the events team that we're working with help provide that level of production excellence that perhaps, depending on the venue over the years, hasn't necessarily been there at some of the Ruby or Rails comps. Like, you know, th there may have been issues that, it just wasn't the, the the human power to make those work. Um, I think that the hack day, I think, is a new um, making space for that hack day is 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 new. Um, I think certainly the talks at Rails World primarily were about newer features in Rails. Um, although, of course, you know it it ran the gamut of talks as well. But I think there's going to be it's more community ish. I would say. It leans more that side. Um, 
less more about there will be obviously talks from the people who make some of the features that are in rails but i think it was more rails communicating out and this is more the rails community communicating with each other i think that's that's typically how it's been in the past um so and i think you know in both events there will be those crossovers you know you'll have both of those sorts of talks um but i think probably in certainly in mine and ufuk's take on this event it leans more to the community learning from each other um and also you know things like um there's rails is a big tent right like you can use different features like you can be a rails and react shop um that's probably not going to come from a rails world event because it's more the this the this is the main way of using rails like this is the blessed way i suppose um so i think there's probably a bit more opportunity in uh in a conference with us maybe a slightly wider number of tracks um to offer some of that support for teams who are using rails in you know not in the in the pure in the purest sense, you know, Rails and React or I don't know what another good example would be, but like that that kind of thing where that, you know, you, you've got a big chunk of Rails that you're using, but you're not using it in the way that say 37 Signals use it or one of the bigger teams in the Rails Foundation. So I think I think there's it's more of a different flavor um, than it being completely different, but it's also not completely the same either. But that's a fairly terrible answer that I've rambled <laughs> on about for ages. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> One, one, one thing I can add is um, we, we tried to focus RailsConf this year specifically around a single theme. Um, and we, um, we said that that theme is building with Rails because we want RailsConf to be more targeted towards people who are building with Rails instead of people who build Rails itself. Um, I was at RailsConf, Rails World too, um, and what I saw, at least my impression for the first Rails world, and I'm sure it's going to evolve into a different form in the future as well, but it was more of a celebration of the core team, you know, having the core team on stage and asking them questions and hearing about all the new things that are coming um, with the framework. They were, they were great, but it was more about the, the people, it was more about hearing from people who are building Rails. Um, then hearing people's experiences of building with Rails, right? Um, and that's why we specifically thought that RailsConf is a good opportunity for people who are building with Rails that aren't that interested in building Rails itself to come together and learn from each other. And like Andy said, if I'm a shop that's doing things slightly differently, maybe I have a Rails app and I'm mounting some Hanami engines inside of that, or and I'm using that in API mode, or I'm using GraphQL and making it talk to some other front end, um, or using it to power something different and interesting. Uh, those are all things that people might want to hear about and that aren't necessarily the main Rails way of doing things. But we also want to celebrate the fact that Rails, like Andy said, there's a big tent and there's lots of different ways of doing things and Rails allows us to to all of those things because it's such a flexible framework. So, you know, that's why the theme is building with Rails. And building with Rails means building a product with Rails, building uh, an application, a gem, or even a career with Rails, right? It doesn't need to be technical talks only, uh, but it needs to be about Rails because RailsConf is celebrating Rails as a framework that we all make our living out of. Yeah, and speaking of... Um trying to hear more from the people who use and build product with, 
Ruby on Rails. Andy, tell me, um, what kind of talks should we expect this year for, for RailsConf? I mean, I'd love to tell you the CFP closed last night, night before. Um, so as, as we record, so and we're literally about to get into the process of ranking those talks with the volunteer program committee. So Ufik and I were up late last night putting together the sort of the guidelines for that for the for that group of folks. Um, um, and yeah, I, I'm hoping for a good variety. My personal hope is that we get a lot of talks that are tactical that people can come to RailsConf, see a talk, and go. Do you know what? I can take that back, and all the benefit of going to RailsConf. Aside from all the, the lovely future career stuff and all the um, and all of the good feelings and the the celebration stuff, they can take really crunchy stuff back to their workplace and like justify the cost of the ticket, right? Like that's I'm looking for those like crunchy technical talks for that sort of stuff and and a balance of those. Like so, there'll be some beginner talks, there'll be some intermediate talks, there'll be some advanced talks. Um, I'm really looking to try and push some of that in so that people can really take away uh, value from them. So that that's my driver what they what the individual topics are uh, we'll find out we've had over 200 submissions um and there's you know roughly 30-ish slots so um it'll it'll be it'll be uh we're gonna have to say no to some really great talks i imagine which is gonna be always tortuous um but yeah i i think the the, the quality um i have looked through because i'm not in the first past programming committee so i've seen all the talks and there's some really good stuff there's some real great stuff in there Hey, Emmanuel Hayford here, and I want to tell you about AppSignal. AppSignal is a no-brainer monitoring for smart developers that allows you to track errors and performance in your applications. With AppSignal, you get beautiful dashboards that provide deep insights to quickly get to the root cause of problems. It's easy to set up, and with real human support, you'll be ready to track and crash bugs within minutes after installation. Check AppSignal out at appsignal.com. That's A-P-P-S-I-G-N-A-L.com. And Ofuk, tell me, uh, how... Do you select your talks? Um, what's what's the process like? How does it look like? Right. Um, so this year, um, we're asking the program committee to do their selection uh, is to basically get the tool to do some sort of ranking. So we're, we're asking people to um, look at proposals and to you know, do like a comparative selection and then the tool gives you like a ranking uh, based on your uh, your comparisons. And the criteria we're using for that is um, how, how good of a fit is the idea to the team that we have for RailsConf this year? Uh, how well is the proposal put together? Does it feel like this person is um, capable of presenting this kind of talk? Um, so that's generally the idea for uh, how we want to um, do the selection. And and do you get to see who submitted which talk? No, no. the the first round of um, ranking is is a blind one. Uh, so the the talk selections um, are happening in an anonymous way, um, and then the conference track organizers go through that list um, and make sure, working with Andy and I, we try to make sure that there's a good selection of talks that are diverse enough and there's a good um, range of speakers uh, with a good range of topics. All right. And I understand this is the responsibility of the program committee members, right? Yes. 
tell me tell me about that uh, those those group of special people who make the selections how do you build the program committee members and is their responsibility only to select talks or they have other things going on as well um we have four areas of responsibility so um for this year's conference like i said um there is a new component that's the hack day so two of our program committee members will be responsible for figuring out who's going to be there, which projects are going to run, who we're going to invite specifically, how it's going to run, how we're going to do signups, what's the setup like. So they'll be responsible for that. Um, two people will be responsible for selecting workshops, which is a little bit different to selecting talks because you know it's a different area. Uh, they have different needs and um, different selection criteria. Um, three people will be responsible for conference tracks, like one person per track, basically. Uh, and then um, two people will be doing speaker liaison. Um, speaker liaison is making sure that speakers are our most important asset at the conference. and They need to be well looked after. And having a speaker liaison where speakers know that that's their first line of contact, they can ask questions. And also the liaisons um, make sure that the, the speakers are well looked after, whatever um, problems they have, any scheduling or whatever is, is taken care of. And they know where to be at what time. Um, that's an important aspect and somebody needs to be responsible for that. I think we tried that first at RubyConf last year again, and it was a great success and people are really happy. So we're doing that again. So. That's roughly how the, the responsibilities lie within the program committee. So people have like their areas of ownership and, you know, they mostly concentrate on this. Andy, one thing I've noticed about RubyConf and RailsConf is it only happens in the States, which is fine um, for most people, especially if you're living in the States. But uh, what I noticed is every single year they change states or cities and stuff like that. How do you decide which city to host uh, like your events, like RailsConf and RubyConf? How do you pick the city? Uh, the simple answer to that is I don't. Um, and Detroit was presented a uh, fait accompli to me, right? So so the the lead times on cities are can be very long for venues. So the, the Detroit... Um, choice was made through two or three years ago, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, so it's it's made well in advance of certainly well in advance of me getting involved. Um, and I think it's the broad criteria for the U.S. based Ruby Central conferences has been uh, just moving it around from coasts. Like the U.S. is a big place, so so for people even within the U.S. like getting to those cities. So they tend to be cities that are well served by transport of various kinds. So people can fly in or train in or drive in and then they try and move it around. So it's not always on the East Coast or not always on the West Coast or not always in the South. Um, anything more than that, I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> I run a conference literally in my hometown because that's convenient for me. Yeah, so, of course. <laughs> so I'm very much not the person to ask on this one. Uh, maybe Ilfolk has some insights on this. Um, well... <laughs> I don't. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm new to Ruby Central as well. But I think what what Andy said makes perfect sense. And also, maybe I should say um, one of the reasons why 
the conference is in North America and mainly in the US is because Ruby Central is a US-based organization. And it's really, really hard to organize a conference, Andy would know this, really, really hard to organize a conference in a very remote location. Um, so, you know, all the all the contacts, um, all the relationships that Ruby Central has are mostly based on the US. So it's really way more convenient for them to organize something in the US. At the same and time, again, sorry, the, 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 and again, like the Ruby Central board has always been volunteers. Like no one, uh, no one on the board of Ruby Central is getting paid. Oh, like, interesting. So, so it's like so that, that, that there's no money going out to like you know me and Ufuk are doing this because we're very stupid and we were able to persuade our spouses it was a good idea. Like we're we're not we're not cruising around in jacuzzis and on jet skis, right? Like it's there's, there's no money coming our way. Um, so and and same for most of the there's there's staff at Ruby Central who are paid um, to operationalize the business, um, but yeah, it's not um, it's not it's not a paying gig, and so it's uh, so so historically it will have been because that was the most expeditious thing, right? Like it would have been the people on the board at the time were like, oh man, uh, I guess we had it on the west coast this year, we've got a book for the east coast next year, so probably the next one's down south. Uh, which cities, this one, this one, this one, let's do a couple of visits, right? That's probably as much planning as went into it. And yeah, if, probably if you ask Amanda, she'll say the same thing. Like she's in discussion with the foundation members at, um, to work work out where they want to do it. And like, you know, the stated ambition of Rails World was to have it in multiple locations. So this year they're, they're going to be in Toronto and last year they were in Amsterdam. And I would presume in my own personal conversations with Amanda that it's going to be somewhere else, maybe back in Europe, maybe somewhere else. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's it's a case of like, in the case of the Ruby Central events, it's because the people who were doing the volunteering were in the US anyway. Okay, yeah, makes sense. And uh, it's just it's just me and you for <laughs> it's, Yeah, it's like, like one thing I've been wondering is like, you guys are coaches of RailsConf twenty twenty four, so RailsConf twenty twenty five will have a different set of coaches. Is that correct? Most probably, yes. Uh, it won't be me. Um, yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I'll have to get a divorce. <laughs> so what I wanted to... We'll see to, about that next year. And, yeah. yeah. Well, what I wanted to ask and like get into is, uh, does it mean that every year, depending on who coaches the, the, the conferences, it will have a different vibe? Every single year, RailsConf will have a different vibe depending on who is like calling the shots on how the organization should go. Is that correct? Basically. I mean, there, there is a general theme and core that's consistent because it's the same organization that's doing this. So you don't end up doing something wildly different. But of course, it, it changes and evolves based on who the co-chairs are, what they value, what sort of interactions at the conference they value, and what they want to get out of the conference uh, as a as an event, um, so of course that's going to change depending on like who the, who the coach is. And also, like over time, like what's happening in the Rails community or the Ruby community at the time will also change. It'll change the content of the event. It'll change the feel of the event. Um, I, I think it's sort of somewhere in between. You know, Brighton Ruby's been pretty consistent in what it feels like to attend. You know, whether it's two hundred people or four hundred people. Um, Yuruko is the other extreme, which is they literally tear up the book. And go again every year like god bless them that seems like madness to me um but and, and the ruby central events have had a 
kind of a pattern. And I think probably this year, this year with the RubyConf just gone and this RailsConf is Ufuk and I pushing it a little bit away from its what it had become in as, as its more standard repeatable thing. And I think, yeah, there's 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 all sorts of ways that we can take events and make them different. And they all influence each other, right? Like I I I was influenced by RailsWorld and RailsWorld was influenced by Amanda going to RailsConf the year before and seeing what they did well and what they what she didn't think they did well and what the Rails Foundation's thing is. And I'm Brian Ruby is influenced by every conference I go to. So I think all of these things feed back into each other into a sort of a fairly healthy you know, the number of small regional conferences in Europe and the US now is really great for our community. So I'm I'm sort of really happy about how we're all influencing each other and hopefully not all burning ourselves out um, doing these doing these relatively stressful events. Yeah, I can imagine how stressful it is to organize uh, a conference at this scale, uh, especially RealsConf. Uh, usually, like on average, from what I know, it's about like 600 to 700 attendees is that correct Ufuk? do you know do you have numbers for last year i don't have numbers from last year but historically it's been closer to a thousand people oh okay yeah that's yeah. a that's a Rails huge skill is, right yeah RailsConf is always bigger than rubyconf right okay okay and um we, we've spoken about like how the selection process of the talks go and we know that people have to submit cfps and stuff like that i've never organized a conference before but one thing that just came to mind is how do you get your keynote speakers? Do they apply? Is there a CFP for them? Or you reach out to people? And if you reach out to people, how do you decide who to reach out to? Um, so I do a bit of that. So am I, Brighton Ruby is a mixture of uh, reaching out to folks and CFP. Sometimes you get pulled out of the CFP to keynote, which... um once happened to me for uh, RubyConf in New Orleans, which is that that's not unusual. Um, sometimes it's just that person in the community is an obvious person we need to hear from. Uh, sometimes it's like, sometimes it's Aaron Patterson. <laughs> you know, if you traditionally look at like the RubyConf and RailsConf, like he's he often features. Um, so yeah, I, you know, and RailsWorld of course as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's. It's a real mixture. It's like, and it, that again comes down to the vibe you're looking for from the event. I know um, so Ruby comps and Rails comps in the past have had external speakers on some of the keynotes, and that's not something we're planning to do for them this year. Like all of our speakers will be folks from our community. I think the Ruby community is blessed with excellent storytellers and uh, people who give good talks and thoughtful talks that can be both very code related or you know something you know pulling in from other influences. So I think we're blessed as a community with really great people who can hold a room in a big keynote room. So I think, yeah, it, it's just, it's kind of the vibe you're going for, right? And because it does set the tone of a conference often. So um, that's, there isn't a single answer, I guess. It's like, what are you trying to get out of it? Yeah, I have a, I have a funny story around that. I think it was RubyConf 2021 or something. I don't know. I was applying to RubyConf and I was submitting a few talks and I had an extra talk that I'd given somewhere else that I thought could be a keynote talk for RubyConf. And I realized um, in, in the submission form, they had a drop down where you could select like which, which conference tracks it might be suitable for. And they had keynote in there. And I'm like, 
okay, I'm gonna submit something for keynotes. So I shot my shot. I mean, it didn't it didn't get picked, um, which is which is fair. I didn't expect it to. I think that was a mistake that they had a keynote submission there. Right. But yeah, I mean, the talk the talk that I got pulled out of from the CFP for that for that particular keynote had been rejected three years previously. So it had been rejected for the previous the previous RailsConf, the previous RubyConf, and the previous RailsConf had all rejected that talk. And then I got picked from the CFP, and then I got an email from uh, Marty at the time saying, do you want to give this as a keynote? And I was like, yeah? <laughs> why not? <laughs> why, why, why not? Like 900 people in this room, that's not scary. And I think also probably uh, the rejection comes from like, who is on the committee at that point in time? Probably like they didn't have, they didn't feel the need to have your talk and they thought it wasn't relevant, but it doesn't mean that the talk wasn't good. Probably the committee thought, no. yeah, the talk, they, they thought that the, the talk could be for another time. So yeah, they upgraded you. As I, as I was saying, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to reject a bunch of great talks from the CFP. I know yeah, that, that's always that, hard that, to do. That's always the way. It's always about fit, right? Like um, mm. there could be, other talks that you're competing against this year that may end up being a better fit in terms of um, what the, the conference is looking for, in terms of theme, etc. Doesn't mean your talk is bad. It, it's probably a great talk, but we just had to reject it because we only have like a limited number of speakers that we can, we can uh, have on the, on the um, stage. Yeah, I've, I've come to accept this thing. It's really very hard if you're like a... Uh, conference speaker or a conference speaker wannabe and you want to go to a specific conference and they reject you. That feeling is like, it's not the kind of feeling you want to have, but I've come to accept it that, hey, look, it's a conference. They probably have like a limited number of slots and there are like 200 or 300 people applying for the same spot that you're trying to go for. So if you get a rejection, don't take it as um, like, don't get discouraged, try like in the next year and hopefully you get picked or even you might get selected to to be a keynote speaker like Andy did with his with his talk <laughs> yeah so coming back to Andy I I know Andy you do a lot of aside your like day job you do a lot of uh, side projects and you're involved in a lot of other things I'm particularly interested in Brighton Ruby tell me about it mm-hmm. it's a it's a one it's a single track single day event um in a really lovely venue in the lovely british city of uh, brighton by the seaside um i have it in the summer to make it easy for people to come down we're about half an hour south of gatwick airport and an hour south of london so it's very easy to travel to um it's started out because i moved back to the uk from singapore and i didn't know anybody and i thought that with 18 month old twins that the best thing I could do was to organize an event for more than a hundred people. So I did that. Um, I mean, it has sort of worked. It's just not the most efficient use of my time. Um, I've, I, I sort of in building it, I kind of, I'm able to keep going because I sort of know the, know what the event is and I'm not trying to do, I'm not trying to make it any larger than it is. Um, and it's, it's sort of become for some folks like a nice punctuation point in their year to come down to Brighton spend a couple of days here see friends um as much as it's still you know i'm still really on the the quality of the talks and trying to get a theme through the day and reflect what's happening in the ruby and rails communities um from my perspective 
Um, it's also a way of I get to go to a conf another conference, but I don't have to travel. Um, so that's it's very convenient for me. Um, but and it's always you know it was it's the biggest it's ever been last year. Um, I think that's probably a function of it being after COVID in the in the in the bigger venue. Um, so I have no idea what it'll do this year. But um, yeah, I, I will keep running that as long as I have the energy um, and the motivation. And I've been doing it. This will be the tenth edition. Oh. Congratulations! Um, so I will, I will, I will keep. I've been doing it for more than ten years. Tenth edition. I'm just going to keep doing it until people stop showing up. I think. Right. I think. I don't think Rubies will stop stop showing up at Brighton Ruby. I know um, Greg Molnar who attended it, and he only has like good things to say about Brighton Ruby. And when when's your CFP for this year? Uh, it's open right now, so you can still get into the Brighton Ruby CFP. I've got to the I've got to the end of February for that one because. Brian Ruby's a couple of months after RailsConf, so um, I, have, I have a little bit more time. And that is the process for that is I pick talks. Um, I only need seven or eight, and I've already invited a couple of folks. So like, as I go down the list and go, I put together a program. That's a, it's a much more curated, individual one. Eager, eager maniac uh, person choosing the talks he wants to hear. Honestly, um, so. You know, and hopefully my tastes reflect enough of the community that they'll be pleased with the quality of the talks as well. How biased are you when you're selecting your talks for Brighton Ruby? How biased am I? Yeah. <laughs> Super biased. Yeah. It's the talks I want to hear. Yeah. Um, and, and, so, and sometimes it will be like, um, I will have seen a talk at another conference and gone that. Um, and sometimes it will be, so last year, there was a couple of folks giving their first ever talks. And I, because I only have, six or seven or eight talks to manage and liaise with and plan i'm able to actually watch those talks before and help people really deliver a great talk so I, there was one talk last year i saw four or five times before they gave it on stage and it's one of the best reviewed talks of the day last year so like that's a really good thing for me is i'm able to help that person in their career give their first talk and do a really great job um in what is you know a relatively stressful can, thing can i add um so Last year was my uh, one and only um, Brighton Ruby experience. I really enjoyed it. And I think the, the, the part about Brighton Ruby I most appreciate is the fact that Andy makes it a speaker first conference. Like he said, he sits down with speakers, does run throughs. He tells them how to change their talk to make it better. And I think that kind of coaching, you, you can't find that at any other conference because nobody has the the mind space or the free cycles to actually <laughs> sit down and work with the speakers in that way and i think andy brings a lot of his his personal um experience and expertise into brighton ruby and that makes that conference really um really good in the end i think it's 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 a very different experience and i think it's a really good experience for speakers or for brighton ruby to yeah, I try, try and try, try and take care of the talent, um, and 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 part of part of the Rails Comp thing for this year is wanting to do a bit more of that, like take some of those free cycles, as Ufruk claims that I have, um, but like take some of that effort on the speaker stuff and really like push, um, because you know some some folks are natural speakers, some and sometimes, but like the most natural speakers that you see are people who practice and practice and practice, and they get loads of feedback. Um, so 
that's that's what I hopefully can bring with my sort of you know I've got ten years of watching conference talks. Like, I'm the person who watches loads of conference talks on YouTube. Like I this is a work adjacent side hobby that I have, so I may as well do some good with it. Yeah, and and you also have another side project that I'm particularly interested in, and I want to know. Tell me how is first Ruby friend. It's it's good. Um, I have <clears throat> currently 800 mentors on the list, um, and I've 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 matched 750 odd pairs of people over the to the year and a half it's been running. Um, one of my hopefully things that I want to get out of the RailsConf Hack Day is I want to spend some time on First Ruby Friend and automate it away from the current process, which is why I haven't yet done my February matches, and we're halfway through um, because. I'm I'm the I'm the bottleneck, and if I can make it slightly more automated, if I can make some of this matching happen, you know, get my process into some sort of code that I can just like eyeball and then push the button, um, then I can really push it, and I can start really advertising it. And if I can get more mentors and get more people involved, then we can take the friendliness of the Ruby and Rails communities and really apply it um, to these early career devs and um, make their entrance into our path part of the world a really great one Ufuk, i want you to tell me a bit about a bit more about RailsConf, and particularly i'm interested in how you partner with hotels because like if you go on the RailsConf website what i saw was like this year you're partnering uh, partnering with this hotel uh, next year if you're in a different location you partner with another hotel what's the dynamics of partnering with hotels and how does it work sure um, so first of all, I think a lot of people don't quite understand how conference hotels work. Um, the, the third, the reason why conferences partner with hotels is to make sure that people can find a reasonable place to stay at in the first place. But in order to ensure that there's enough room for people who are interested in staying at a hotel, uh, the conference needs to pre-book a room block from the hotel and say, I'm going to bring this many um, guests to your hotel. And in return, the conference gets a good rate on those rooms. Um, but the dynamics behind the scene is that the conference is on the hook for filling that room block because it's almost like a promise that I'm going to bring this many guests to your hotel, right? Um, so if you can't fill that room block, then you're still on the hook for, for paying the cost of, of those rooms that, that are empty. Um, so the best thing as a conference goer, and this is true for almost every conference that you go to, if there's a conference hotel, then most probably the conference has pre-booked a room block um, that they're on the hook for. So the best thing you can do if you want to help the conference is to stay at the conference hotel. And that's to, to help the conference. But also it helps you because a lot of the people end up staying at the conference hotel and primarily the speakers are usually at the conference hotel. So if you want FaceTime, with people who are at the conference, after the conference is finished or after the conference day is finished, your best bet is to stay at the conference hotel and then you can meet people at the lobby and run into each other and you know have surreptitious uh, relationship building there as well. So that's that's how the conference hotel works. And I, I realized that not everyone can stay at the conference hotel. Maybe it's over their budget, et cetera, especially if they're traveling internationally to be at the conference in the first place. And, you know, people do go for, like, cheaper alternatives somewhere else, but that means you need to go back to, like, somewhere far away from the actual conference events happening um, to go back to your hotel and then 
you, you need to come back for certain events, etc. And it's more of a hassle than for three days of, uh, of an event that you're joining. Uh, if you can't afford it, it's much, much more convenient to stay at the conference hotel for that reason as well. Right. And if you're partnering with a hotel, what does it mean for an attendee, not a speaker? Like if, I, if I'm going to RailsConf, does it mean that I'll get uh, naturally a cheaper rate because you're partnering yes. with them yes. than the usual yeah. rate that they Oh, okay. Of course, okay. yeah. If you, if you book through the conference website, then you should get a discounted rate for the conference dates. If you want to stay beyond that, then you'll have to, uh, you know, pay normal um, hotel um, rates. But for the for the conference days, um, the hotel gives you a much better rate in return for the for the room block that's reserved. Right. Okay, okay. And um, how many tickets are you planning to sell for RealsConf this year? As many as we can. Uh, wouldn't that depend? That's, that's, that's why. That's why we're here, Emmanuel. We're here to sell tickets. Yeah, isn't come to RailsConf. That, doesn't that doesn't that depend on the capacity of the venue? Uh, most of these venues are pretty large. Oh. Um, obviously, like, there is there there is a hard cap on the top, um, you know. But that will be a really big RailsConf. Um, yeah, the, the rooms the rooms have sufficient capacity for us to take a lot of people. Um, Certainly, my my experience of Brighton is so. I have I've, the room I use at Brighton could take two thousand in theory, but it wouldn't be a very comfortable conference day. Um, so I try and keep the. You know, I don't I don't stop selling tickets because I've never had a case where it's felt too big. Um, and these venues are much bigger than the venue I use for Brighton. So, like in, in a similar way, like you could have six hundred, you could have a thousand, you could have more than that like you know i, I think it's similar similar for, for most big conference events like there's not really a hard ceiling other than like literal like fire codes and does does this work like it, that's a really lovely problem to have so let's try and have let's try and have that problem but um yeah as to what our, our theoretical maximum is yeah i mean it's 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 as big as a rails comp could be so, so it's not going to be like the case of reels world where people who are scrambling to get tickets <laughs> and a large number of people ended up not getting tickets because they sold out <laughs> well i mean that's that part part of the issue there with this you know as we've discussed like RailsConf is a fundraising event you know it's meant to make it's meant to turn a small profit so that that money can then get put into rails into into ruby gems and uh, bundler and stuff like that whereas whereas the rails foundation's stated goal with um rails world is it's a marketing event so it's permitted to, to lose a certain amount of money, and I think David revealed when he in his in his post that um, it did lose money last year. But it's meant to because it's a marketing event, so the ticket prices are thus slightly cheaper. I mean, I, my understanding is it'll be slightly more expensive this year because it's in a more expensive city. But um, yeah, that they the difference is is that RailsConf is meant to raise money, whereas the Rails World event can lose money. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'd love it if it raised money, but like. That the design it's meant to sell out, whereas we have to be a little bit more um, cognizant on the Ruby Central side to make sure that it doesn't lose money. Okay, so the more tickets you sell, the better it is for you and for Ruby Central in general to be able to support the other projects like Ruby Gems and 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 others, right? That's where the money goes. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, and um, now I I I've not made my mind that I'm attending Rails Conf. And the reason is not 
like it's partly because it's a bit expensive for me and the second reason is that it's it's just it's just too far like like i have to get on a flight eight hours from europe to to the states that's that's too far for me but in a few words can you try to convince me why people like me or like anyone at all should attend conferences like RailsConf and Brighton Ruby. What's what's in it for me as an attendee? Why should I attend RailsConf or Brighton Ruby? Well, first of all, my my flights I need to connect I need to connect through Istanbul, but my flights to North America are like 10 plus hours. And I think to Detroit there will be 11 hours. And I keep doing flights to North America um, a couple of times a year. Um, and you know, I don't I tried to not miss RailsConf and RubyConf, and I haven't been missing any of them since 2019. Um, and I think it's worth it. Um, the main reason why I think it's worth worth it is looking back, I've made some of my most important professional relationships at, at RailsConf or RubyConf. Um, it's an amazing opportunity to meet people and to to have intimate conversations with them, to share drinks, to 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 laugh, um, to to you know talk shop, to talk about code, to talk about what's possible, to talk about some of the challenges they're facing, how you might be helping each other, etc. And that in person getting together with uh, people um, that is not online. Uh, is the most important part of taking part in one, one of these conferences, in my opinion. And that's, that's been my experience. The way I think about these conferences is um, we, we could do without these conferences, right? Like uh, Rails as a project and Ruby as a project can easily work without people actually coming together in person. I think these conferences are actually the off-sites uh, for, for these projects. Like the off-site for people who work on Rails or who, who work on projects that build with Rails has historically been the RailsConf, right? People, random people who've never seen each other working on building a Rails project online suddenly have a chance to get together once a year and see each other face-to-face and share stories in person. That actually builds bonds in ways that an online interaction doesn't. And that getting together is useful for the projects going forward as well. And if you think about the conference in that way, uh, it's less about the talks, even though the talks will be amazing and it, there's a lot of value you can get by hearing other people's experiences in that form as well. But more than the talks, I think that sort of personal interaction, personal relationship building is important. And that's why we're trying to create more um, spaces for people to do that during the conference as well. These 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 in person events, like when you boil it down, we are primates, right? And we like we evolved to live in groups. We evolved to see other primates. Like I can see from our video that we are all in our own houses. Um, so we and you know you wouldn't. I just think it feeds the soul to go to these things, like. As much as you can afford, and you know, obviously, like it's an expensive exercise to cross an ocean on an airplane and then stay in a hotel. Um, that is naturally an expensive thing. Again, it's an investment in your career and in your, um, 
you know, without being too highfalutin, I think it is an investment in your own happiness as well. Like I really think um, I leave these events feeling exhausted, but like in a good way. Like it's like I've done a lot of socializing and you compress it down into these three days. But the the people that you meet, you know, I, I, I would go further than Ufuk. I would say some of my best friends I have met at these at these events. Like it's not just it's not just a professional thing. It's also like these are people who understand what I do. They understand me. They understand, and I can put a human to the name I saw on the internet. Um, and and I, I'm really fortunate to have been. You know, it's one of the fortunate things about the Ruby community is that we really are a friendly bunch. Like we really are. Like I've been to other community conferences and they're, they're not the same um in the same way um, and i you know i just feel, I, I feel that these events make a big difference to my sort of annual levels of happiness um so that's that's why i continue to go to them and continue to believe in them and continue to try and make them run and be the best that they can be so yeah i can i can attest to these things because um i've attended a few conferences and I know lots of people online, like on Twitter or on LinkedIn, but I never got a chance to like speak with them physically in person. Like I met you in Reels World. I met Ufuk as well at, at Reels World. I was like, oh, so this is Ufuk. And like it was, it was really nice to be able to like attach a physical person to a digital version of, of them on Twitter or, 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 or something like that. So these relationships are very valuable, right? And if it wasn't for the fact that RailsConf was too far from me, <laughs> I would 100% would have attended. But I will encourage everyone to attend RailsConf for sure. And um, last question, Ufuk. We never spoke about sponsorships for RailsConf. Uh, I mean, like, RailsConf is doing a lot for our community. And I wanted to succeed as much as I want any other Ruby project to succeed. How do your like sponsorships uh, look like? What's the process like? What are the tiers? Um, what do you want from people? What do you expect people to put in, in into the, the conference? Can you tell me a bit about it? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm not going to go into the details and the tiers, etc. Like all the, the prospects, prospectus for our sponsors, you can find on the RailsConf website. So if anyone's interested in looking at sponsorship opportunities, Please go to the RailsConf website, go to the sponsors section. You can find our prospectors and our current um, sponsors on the website there. Um, we have multiple tiers, then there are multiple ways that companies or individuals, if they're interested in sponsoring, um, can be um, involved. Um, we have a person at Ruby Central who's responsible for handling our sponsoring relationships. And I'm like, if you reach out to, um, to, to Tom, I'm sure he would be um, more than happy to talk through some options uh, that might be appropriate for your your company and find the right fit uh, for you. So um, if anyone's interested, please look at our prospectus and go through some options and, and just reach out and start the conversation. Yeah. You can definitely think about it. How many of your developers are typing bundle install today? <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if that kept working? <laughs> yeah, so um, thank you very much, guys. And but before we end this, I wanted to talk to Andy. Andy, thanks for the recommendation on Cocoon. <laughs> oh, it's great, isn't it? I, I'm addicted to this game now. <laughs> it, 
it's really good. But it's a it's a brilliant video game that sort of bends your mind. You sort of you end up putting so you're each world is inside a ball, but you yeah. can carry the ball yeah, into exactly. another world. <laughs> and it, it's just it's just marvelous. Yeah, and it's uh, it's delightful. Yeah, do you have? Oh, I really enjoyed that. Do you have? Uh, the, the only problem with it is like when you get into a world, you never have like any obvious clues as to how to move on to the next one you sort of like have to like move around and figure your way out and that's that's quite annoying you have like you have like slight clues but you need to find them which is which is fun do you have any other game recommendations for me i would say so uh inside is very good um that's a previous effort from i think one of the people involved in cocoon um and uh what's the title again Blade is very good inside 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 yeah yeah um yeah, I, I like I like I like it. Given I've got you know ten year old twins, if I'm gonna play video games, I need one that I have any idea that I might eventually finish. Like I can't be doing like multi week RPGs or any of that stuff anymore. I'm 44 years old, so it's got to be like give me like six hour experience that I can finish, and then we're all good. Ufuk, are you are you into gaming? No, not really. I I try to get into gaming. I used to game, but then I I just yeah you lost interest. <laughs> I lost interest somehow. I don't know. I, I have enough problems to solve in real life. Exactly. That I, yeah. I feel like solving <laughs> extra problems in games. Yeah, is that's that's a good stress. response. Yeah. Yeah. That is fair enough. But I also want to take a moment and thank Andy for his recommendation of a TV show that I heard him recommend uh, on, on another podcast, which was Slow Horses. And, you know, me and my wife, we binged all three seasons over basically a weekend. What's it, what's it, what's it about? Um, it's about MI5 spies who are not really good at doing their jobs. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah. And it's got Gary, Gary Oldman in it being amazing. Is it on Netflix yeah. or HBO? It's Apple, Apple TV. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I never signed up for Apple TV. Ah, Okay. Anyway, thank you very much, guys. It was fun having you on the show, and I appreciate you making the time. Thank you for all the work you're doing for the Ruby on Rails, Ruby and Rails, sorry, Ruby and Rails community. We really appreciate your efforts. <laughs> and thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Bye. Take care. Oh, no problem at all. Thank you. Bye-bye.